Okay, welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. And uh, this week we're podcasting literally live from the floor of New York Comic Con. And uh, it, it's uh, a my great treat to, uh, in, uh, to introduce you. So Rose Maslin, he's author of Superheroes, Capes, Cows, and the Creation of Comic Book Culture, the tie-in volume to the forthcoming, and it, it should still be forthcoming when this podcast goes up, um, uh, 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 a documentary on superheroes uh, uh, directed by Michael Cantor, uh, the Emmy Award-winning director and producer, uh, Superheroes, The Never-Ending Battle, uh, really a, a three-part really look at uh, really the history of the comic book uh, industry, but really the overarching impact of, of this incredible category on American culture and really ultimately world culture. Uh, Lawrence, thank you so much for uh, uh, for being here. Pleasure to be here in the heat of the moment here at New York Comic Con. Uh, it's really interesting. We're on the floor at the PW booth, and uh, the fans are around here, and we're going to work. So you're getting it live from the, from the floor, folks. So... Um, well, obviously, you're the author of the book, and we talked about this a little right. bit in San Diego. I'm the co-writer of the documentary. So, you know, I, maybe we can talk a little bit about the documentary, and then sure. we'll shift over to the book. But uh, the, the the documentary itself is in three parts. Uh, maybe you could kind of go over the different parts and kind of give the fans a... Well, as you said really well, uh, it's uh, three hours. It's going to be done in one shot, 8 to 11, Eastern Standard Time on October 15th on your local PBS stations. Uh, so check that. And it's called Superheroes, A Never-Ending Battle. And obviously that's a throw to Superman, but it, what is the battle? The battle is between uh, expression and repression. It's the comic industry and its buyers. It's the battle for respect. It's a battle to, uh, between the government, you know, the Senate subcommittees in the 50s. So it's an overarching story. We begin, obviously, in April 1938 with Superman and go all the way up to 2013 with the Man of Steel movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Lewis's uh, young son is here dressed up in a Superman uh, sweatshirt and he needs some attention. And Spider-Man, excuse me, Spider-Man action. with the Captain Action t-shirt on. He needs some attention. And on, um, we're kid-friendly here on, uh, on the PW Comics World Podcast. So there you go. He's 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 no, something has distracted him he's, for a moment. He's my bat mite. There you go. <laughs> so um, how is it? Uh, no, it starts off. It's three parts. Three you know, hours. It's yeah, three really hours. Yeah, it's always right. It's three hours. But, it's three uh, but there are themes in it: truth, yeah. justice, and the American way. Um, but the, great. Yeah. Well, episode one goes starts really from the pulps yeah. and goes up to the Superman TV show. That's called Truth, yeah. Justice, and the American Way. Second episode is called Great Power, Great Responsibility. I don't need to tell your yes, listeners yeah. why. So that's the story of Marvel. Oh, yes. And then, uh, you know, and other things as well, as well, of course. And then we get into, I like an episode, the last one, which goes up to the present. Starts with the Superman film in 78. And it's called A Hero Can Be Anyone, which takes its name from the uh, last Dark Knight movie. And it really shows how far comic book mythology has expanded everywhere across the world, really. Now, I know part of this, uh, the documentary, is also uh, a, a series of interviews with really, uh, really all of the great comic book uh, creators, um, uh, many, uh, many of whom actually were getting on in years. Um, More than that, yeah, we, we lost four since uh, we started, yeah. Uh, and maybe you could tell us a little bit about some of your favorite interviews that are going to show up. Well, you know, of course we started with Stan. Uh, mm -hmm. All roads lead to Stan, sure. all <laughs> roads lead from Stan. 
Carmine Infantino, Joe Kubert, Joe Simon, Jerry Robinson, yeah, four esteemed gentlemen we lost, mm -hmm. but they're on camera. It was their last interviews ever. Uh, we got Storanko. That's mm -hmm. a tough interview. We interviewed him mm -hmm. at an undisclosed location off the Pennsylvania <laughs> Turnpike. It's a bit of a joke. I assume it's in the Shield Hill headquarters. Exactly. <laughs> i got to tell you, what's really funny about Jim is he's doing a live podcast or, or uh, what do you call it, a uh, web, uh, webcast, yes. a, a tweet thing uh -oh. or something like that. Tuesday night while Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is going on from 8 to 9, <laughs> and then he's switching over at 9 o'clock so he can see himself talk about S.H.I.E.L.D. from 9 to 10. It, it doesn't get any more meta than that. Yeah, totally. Okay. <laughs> uh, not even the metal men, right? Uh, but uh, I love talking to the people I grew up with in the 70s, mm -hmm. like Jerry Conway, Len Wein, Marv Wolfman. They really gave a glimpse into the stuff I was grooving on as a kid, and I was like, oh, really? That's what happened? Yeah, yeah. Cool. But we go all the way up to Jim Lee and Jeff Johns. I mean, how did the whole project get started? I mean, the film made first, and then, I mean, you, yeah, at well, what point did you... Well, I guess you're the, you're, you co-wrote the script. Yeah, the Michael Cantor, who's a producer and director, and I have worked on... This is our third uh, multi-episode mm -hmm. PBS documentary. We did one on Broadway, oh, we did one on American Comedy, and this is the last one. And his take as a producer is, how do you look at pop culture through the lens of American history? And he had met uh, uh, Gerard Jones, a great writer, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, on a, on the comedy episode yeah, because the Tomorrow Man or Men of Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Excuse me. And Jerry had done a great book called Honey, I'm Home about sitcoms. And Jerry said, "You should read this book of mine called Men of Tomorrow." Michael flew back, and he said, "What do you think about a superhero thing? I, I think maybe I'd work with Jerry Jones." And I've been a fan since 1966. Wow. <laughs> I said, Michael, if you don't do it with me, I will kill you. There you go. <laughs> um, so I brought out my uh, claws, yeah. and he said, great. And we set to work. This has been four years in the making. Yeah, awesome. Um, now, the book. Uh, make sure I get it right. Capes, Cows, and the Creation of Comic Book Culture. Where does the book come in, and how does it jibe with the film? We've been really lucky. I've been able to do companion volumes to all our, our series. And this is 304 pages. Obviously, with a book about comic books, you want illustrations, 500 of them. It's the only book I know of, frankly, since the Jules Pfeiffer book in the 60s that allowed for DC and Marvel, plus Fawcett, Image, Dark Horse, etc., to all be in the same book. Nowadays, these guys, the companies, yes, yeah. put out their own books. Uh, it also, you know, weaves in TV, movies, radio, merchandise. So it's a complete history of exactly that, how we became comic book culture. From the pulps, we start with the comic strips. We start with, uh, you know, Flash Gordon. A great anecdote that Joe Kubert has about meeting Alec Raymond in 1936. And we go all the way up to um, the latest Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel. It's on the cover of our book. So I'm hoping for fans who, you know, through, uh, 180 minutes, not nearly enough time to tell the story of comic books. This will expand the story and allow us to do heroes and stories we couldn't fit into the documentary. You know, I've got a, a friend of mine is a uh, kind of a, a business analysis and comic nerd uh, named Rob Salkowitz. He, he writes media, does media criticism and and, and and pop culture criticism. He calls us the uh, we're in a moment of peak geek. Um, nice. This this book and this film actually is very much a part of that. Why is all of this happening? Do you have a have a sit, uh, a sense? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, this is a sneak peek at Geek Peak. Yes. Um, uh, but I hope no one's peaked. Uh, anyway, um, I don't know the real reason. Clearly, the movies have a lot to do with 
building this wave to something higher. But, you know, we're in a world of, of really intractable issues, whether it's global terrorism, global warming, uh, gun control in America, congressional gridlock. And these are the guys who flew in, thought through the problem really well, and solved it. I mean, it's no accident that Superman's first comic was action, Batman's was detective, right? We're looking for people who can think up stuff and um, do something about it. So maybe it's that. Maybe it's a direct reaction to that. And, you know, President Obama is the first. There have been a lot of presidents in comic books since FDR, you know, greenlit the secret soldier formula, the super soldier formula and Captain Actions. But Obama was the first person to say, hey, I read this stuff too. Yeah, yeah. So he gave a shout out to the business. Our, our geek in chief. Well put. <laughs> anyway, look, actually, this is really great. Uh, are, are there any events coming up or any promotions for the book that uh, maybe we should know about down the road? Um, well, you know, our, our little, uh, if you're at the con, if you go to the Random House Crown, uh, we did some signing, so mm -hmm. there's some books there. But the main thing to do is uh, do watch the series. Mm -hmm. You got a DVR Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Do it. That was yes. beyond our control. <laughs> but 8 to 11, and then there's a Blu-ray and a DVD that comes out the next day. Awesome. So if you get that in the book, any fan, boy, girl, man, fan, woman, is going to love that Christmas package. Awesome. Great. Uh, Lawrence, thank you so much uh, for talking with more to come. Uh, Calvin, always a pleasure. All right. Lawrence. Thank you. Well done. Awesome. And Great. thanks, Ray. You did a little preview. Are you in some SPW going to actually review the book, or that was the preview piece? I, um, I, you know what? I don't know okay. on the book because actually it doesn't come to the comic section. Oh, it goes to the nonfiction. Okay. I can check on it. What's the, the, the pub date? Pub date October 1st. It's out. So it's out now. I honestly don't know. And did you get one? I did get one. I got one for sure. You got a, a real book at a galley. No, I got a real book, and um, if I'm not mistaken, it's in our graphic novel gift guide. It, it is. Okay, great. Great. All right. So I'll have Rebecca follow up. Awesome. You. Actually, thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. Uh, hi, uh, this is Heidi McDonald. I'm here at New York Comic Con with Mariah Huner, who is a writer, but she's also here with her art and a former editor. A confession, we did used to work together uh, at DC Comics. But uh, anyway, Mariah, you are currently writing right now. Uh, what are you working on? Uh, I'm currently working on uh, Emily and the Strangers for Dark Horse Comics. We did one uh, three-issue series, and we're doing another. So I'm very, very excited to have that come out, uh, hopefully next sometime early in the next year. Right. So, uh, but you're here also with your art too. So, which is like, uh, I well, all right. Would you be offended if I said you were sort of in the? There's a well. If you saw Mariah, you'd know. And it's just the fact she's writing Emily the Stranger. It's a little gothy here. Oh yeah. Yes, there's a little goth. Yeah. No, no offense taken. <laughs> okay. no. I, I embraced that a long time ago. Yeah. If I didn't, it, at least it's colorful. Right. That's true. <laughs> Lots That's of true. rainbow and, and bright colors, yeah. but definitely got the yeah. absolutely. So, what are you doing with your art? Is it a? Um, mostly, I'm selling prints and things here at the show, but I've been doing some illustrations and character designs for a game. Uh, but I sell a lot of stuff in my Etsy shop, which is Monster Tea Time. So, but yeah, that way at least my, I don't have one of those really boring writer booths where you're just sitting there with like a pen right. and nothing to do. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, but. Uh, uh, you know, you've done a lot of things in the industry. Uh, you've edited. Uh, you also worked on womanthology anthology. Uh, so, I mean, how does uh, the current freelancing compare to being an editor and telling, you know, telling Scott Snyder what to do? Or? Oh, sure. Well, I mean, editing has a really nice collaborative quality to it, where you're kind of talking to people every day, and you're in an office, so you actually have to interact with other human beings more often. Freelancing is a little more sedentary and lonely, I guess. But I mean, for me personally, being able to work on a lot of my own stuff has been really nice. 
nice. And I love writing, so honestly, that's just fun. But getting like something like Emily, the artist on that's amazing. So getting to see her kind of come up with new ideas for that kind of script and having kids come up and talk about that stuff. That's really great because everything I've really worked on beforehand has been very adult. <laughs> right. So it's been really nice to have like a kid audience. Who is the artist? Uh, for the first one was Emily Ivy, but we have a, another artist with second series whose name is currently escaping me, uh, but who also is really lovely, lovely artwork. Right, right. So what? All right. Well, here's the really dumb question: What is the state of goth right now? <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, there's always been a strong kind of undercurrent, and sure. you know, and I mean, uh, Emily the Strange. Like, there's a lot of properties that have been around a yeah. long time, so it's kind of a legacy at this time. Yeah. Are there are there new new topics coming along or new? I think so. I mean, with the Emily stuff, we really are rebooting it because she's a property from really like the 90s from Hot Topic and stuff. So we really updated her. She has a whole new band and things too. So it's a much more multicultural, diverse group of people because I know I didn't want it to be some sort of boring goth book with just like, oh, look, pasty people and there's nothing else going on, you know. A lot of musical influence, a lot of rock and roll, and, and then, but also jazz and blues and things. Oh, cool. Um, you know, for me, the goth thing, like, I think of myself as like an elder gothy, proto goth, you know, like post goth kind of thing. So, like, I love bright colors and stuff. I just mostly wear black. Um, I think the state of goth stuff is it's interesting. I'm seeing a lot of resurgence of some of that stuff from nostalgia, but it is more updated. It's more like with punk and cyber and in comics you see a lot of that influence without it being like straight goth right. you know right. plus it comes to cons like this and I don't feel weird with the hair colors right. because every every other right. person has like right. blue I know purple. it is a little bit like it's hard to dress up now I um, know because everybody's so yeah. much more extreme you know it's interesting though that uh, we're seeing the 90s like yeah. 20 that's the 20 really is the 20 year rule isn't it yes. I especially like with Doc Martens being in style I again know, with all the great colors I know there's that like almost electric purple ones yeah. I was like oh man <laughs> And I'm living in Europe now, so I see a whole other weird, like, goth industrial thing where there's a resurgence of stuff where I'm like, I didn't know people were still wearing those pants with the buckles. Right. But apparently they are. <laughs> uh, Do they distress that way all the time in yes. Germany? <laughs> it's a little odd sometimes. So how is it as an expat, yeah, American cartoonist in Germany? I mean, is there a comic scene there that you're there's part of? There's a little of? bit of one. I think there's probably more in Berlin since I'm in Hamburg. It's a little less than that. But actually, Tokyo Pop is in Germany oh, in Hamburg. Right. And it's a different division of their, their stuff. They have a different kind of though aesthetic. There are German comics and stuff. But it's a, they have a different storytelling sense. And they are into different things. They have a lot of historical comics. So you do get a lot of World War II. And, I mean, right. for obvious reasons and stuff. But Hamburg has a lot of art. Uh, it's, it's a fairly arty city, too. So it's, yeah, there's there's quite a lot of that kind of scene going on. That has a lot of museums and stuff, too. Wow. I saw the Pixar show there. Oh, great. right. Yeah, Beautiful. they had that. Which looked, I never got to see here. Oh, well. it was lovely. Interesting. Was, seeing all the, like, the, uh, the cartoony sketches and things beforehand, things that don't look anything like how the execution oh, ended really? up being. Yeah, all these different artists with amazing styles. You know, but then you see what that what they actually did. Like, Monsters, Inc. had some amazing really? character stuff that was so different than the original, like, than the, huh. the, how the stuff ended up. Yeah, it was great. Who should be your favorite artists or influences for your... You know, I still kind of go back to old stuff from, from when I was in, like, college and art school. So still Klimt, you know, still Muka, still Book uh, is a big one for right. me. Um, but, you know, Jill Thompson is right down the way. is oh, also yeah. a big one, uh, yeah. obviously. Yeah, you know. You know, Ben Templesmith's back there. Oh, is he? Those guys. Yeah, he's working. Yeah, yeah Mariah's just telling me who to go interview yeah, next, basically. He's, like, so. the next yeah. thing down. And, uh, 
you know, a lot of contemporary people just doing their own yeah. thing. I mean, Yasmin over there, her artwork is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of those just super talented people. So, honestly, I spend a lot of time on Tumblr. <laughs> like, yeah. just looking at stuff. Animation art now is, like, incredible. I mean, just... Do you get exposure for your art on Tumblr? Do you, do you, you get know, followers I, from there? Or? I have gotten some. I've had more luck on Twitter yeah. or stuff like oh, that than anything. But to be fair, I often forget about Tumblr, which is dumb on my part. I know yeah. it's actually a good format for that, but I forget about it. Yeah, people either speak Tumblr or they don't is what I find. Yeah, so. I, I, it is, though, for a lot of artists, a really great format. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, cool. Well, uh, Mariah, uh, good luck with all the writing. And uh, I know you have a few projects on down the road you can't tell us about yet. But uh, when you're ready, give us a call. Thank you. Hey, I'm here with artist and cart writer Colleen Duran, who... Um, is obviously the creator of A Distant Soil, which just recently resumed after a couple of years, right? Several. Five years, yeah, something like that. Okay, and um, how's the convention been so far? The convention's been beautiful. Um, it's it's so crowded, it's actually overwhelming. It is, yeah. But um, it's it's very positive. Everybody's super nice and very excited and happy, and that's what I like to see. Is this your first New York Comic Con, or have yeah, you been? I've done several of them. Um, in fact, I did last year, and uh, it's 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 getting San Diego intense. Portions, yeah. yeah. And is that a good thing, a bad thing, or is this just a thing? thing? I mean, I don't really want to fly 3,000 miles to have the big convention experience. I'm glad there's an East Coast convention that those of us who are way over here can attend without spending an arm and leg, and that people from Europe can get to quickly from the New York airports. It's got to save them a fortune, and uh, it's far more convenient. There are a lot of great places to stay in the area, and if you're really broke, you can always stay in New Jersey. <laughs> of course, there's no shortage of space to stay. Um, so let's talk about um, a distant soil now. It, like you said, was you stopped for about five years or so, yeah, and now we went on hiatus. continuing. I've actually, I've, we found out that our printer, which went through a bankruptcy some years back, had discarded our archives and all of our sales depend on the backlist and all of the original art was done using um, what are called tone sheets which almost no one uses anymore but are almost impossible to fix (laughs) or get good reproduction from if you don't have those negatives. And uh, you've seen a lot of really badly reproduced manga. And I didn't want that for my future. I said either we're going to do it right or we're not going to do it at all. But uh, there's a thousand pages. And, uh, and I honestly almost chucked it. It looked impossible. And then it turns out that one of my hardcore fans, a man named Alan Harvey, who lives in London, is a Photoshop specialist. He's been a specialist for 20 years. And he said, I can do this. And I said, well, here's the industry rate for restoration. He says, sign me up. And he's done a fantastic job. He's actually almost finished with all the missing pages. Wow. And, um, and that's what's coming out now from Image? Yeah, the, the, new? the new one just came out, and it everybody is blown away. In fact, some of the restoration specialists that work for Marvel in D.C. wanted to find out more about this guy and hire him because yeah. they said he's really good. And you cannot tell which pages were shot from the originals and which ones were shot from copies. He's done that 
good a job. Wow. And it's some of the best black and white printing I've seen in a long time. There's no dot gain. It's clean as a whistle. It's absolutely yeah. pristine. Which is important for black and white because yeah, you don't want it to look like a Xerox or anything. Right. And, and so much of the stuff that's being reproduced from older black and white art looks terrible. Yeah. It looks very muddy. And we've been getting offers to do digital comics, you know, digital versions of our comics for ages, and I've been turning them down because I, I was like, why do I want to sell my people junk? You know, the stuff looks terrible. I'm not going to do it. So we just shut everything down and said, let's let's just face the problem and work the problem and raise the money to get it done. And we did it. So it's a great relief. It, it's we've been working on it for. Well, we've been working on the actual restoration for about two years, but I've been tracking down art for several years. And Image was involved this whole time, or were they just at the end came and um, said we were going to well, publish? Well, I've actually been with Image before, okay. but again, Image is, is not a traditional publishing house. So when you've got a huge expense like that, that's actually on me. Yeah. And uh, I still have eight issues left to complete the whole series. So we're, you know, this is very time-consuming and expensive. I'm literally doing three different versions yeah. of the book at the same time, restoring the old material, doing the new material, and doing the digital books, because we're missing the covers. Yeah. So some of them need new covers. It's, it's quite daunting, and um, I, I honestly didn't know how bad it was going to be. Um, it's, it's been weep-worthy. Oh, man. And uh, I, I thought maybe a few months, but it's, it's been a couple of years and it just kept dragging on and on. But we're getting to the end of the worst of it because I have the original art for most of the rest of the series. So from here on in, it's going to be a lot easier. And have you seen... Uh How's response been to the series starting up again? Very, very good. And I, I found that Jim Valentino, our publisher at Shadowline, the imprinted image, his suggestions for redesigning it have been spot on. He's like, you need to simplify your look on the covers. Let's do a simplified cover with a trade dress and let's, you know, let's do the die cut and blah, blah. And people love it. Um, I, it's a gorgeous I, looking book. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. It was all his idea. I, I, you know, my tendency is to do fairly complicated you know, science fiction book cover kind of covers. But that's not what comic readers actually respond to. There's so much complicated imagery on bookshelves. Something simple jumps out. And what he said was what really went. It's much easier selling this one. Oh, yeah, it definitely looks great. And, um... What have you seen at the show so far that's uh, excited you if you've had a chance to, to get out? I haven't yeah. I've just been working and I've been handling meetings and I just haven't been anywhere. I mean, Walking Dead is ubiquitous. No, yeah, oh, my God, it's everywhere. So um, I hope I get a chance to get out on Sunday. That's usually when all the, you know, when it starts to die down in Artist Alley, we start roaming the halls and looking at each other's stuff. <laughs> And in general, uh, is there any kind of trends in comics happening right now that you... Uh, comics are like or comics that are aimed at and palatable for women readers, women and kids. Okay. That's a big new trend. Um, if you, Untapped, mostly, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all of the people commenting on AdistantSoil.com are girls. They're just like squee, you know, all over it, and... Uh, it's a big, big change. Yeah. Uh, most of my new readers are women and girls, and 
I was like, oh God, where were you 10 years ago? They're <laughs> <laughs> here now, though. You're going to get them there. Um, yeah, so is there anything else? Right now, it seems like distant soil is taking up all your time. Do you have any other kind of projects that you. I'm working work on, on a lot of different things at the same time. Um, I It was just announced last night. I'm writing the Vampire Diaries for DC Online. Oh, man. Based on the television show. Yeah, so yeah. I'm writing that. They're alternating a couple of writers, me and B. Claymore. And uh, I think my first story premieres on Halloween. And you're not, you're not drawing it, though. I'm not story. drawing it, I'm writing it. Okay. Which was really great because the editor reads a distant soil and she says you know you write teens well you write natural dialogue well I bet you'd be good at this and uh, they went for my proposals they went for my scripts and done deals so that was great and I'm working on the Book of Lost Souls with J. Michael Straczynski uh, it used to be with Marvel and now it will be with Image and it will be coming out of Image Comics next summer okay cool I'm doing a mini series for Top Cow again another Image imprint and that's written by um, Matt Hawkins, and I'll be drawing that. And I am, please God, finishing a graphic novel with, with Neil Gaiman, All right, yeah. which has been hanging fire, unfortunately sacrificed on the altar of the graphic novel that ate the comics industry a distant soil. It just took so long to work on this spring. I just didn't scope out enough time. I, I had no realistic idea. That the gaming book should be huge. When that the gaming book out. should be really nice. And frankly, I think it's got my best art in it. Oh, cool. Well, that's got to be amazing then if it's the best. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for uh, taking the time out. Hi, this is Kate Fitzsimmons, live from the floor of New York Comic Con. And with me are some people from Kadansha. Can you introduce yourselves? Absolutely. My name is Dallas Middaw. I am the Director of Publishing Services for Random House Publisher Services, and Kodansha Comics is my client. Hi, I'm, I'm Kana Koide. I'm a General Manager at Kodansha USA Publishing. Thank you. Now, can you tell us a little bit about how this year has been for Kodansha? Well, this has been a phenomenal year for Kodansha. Um, Kodansha USA Publishing started in 2008, but until 2011, we only had a handful of books, Akira and Ghost in the Shell. Um, since 2011, we've, we've been growing every year, uh, but there's no question that earlier this year, the debut of the anime for Attack on Titan uh, has had a significant effect on our numbers. Uh, Attack on Titan has very quickly risen to become one of the premier manga and anime properties in the country right now. Uh, it's being called in Japan a once-in-a-decade phenomenon. And we actually just announced here at the show that uh, we've just gone over a half million copies in print of our various volumes of Attack on Titan. That's amazing. And can you tell me how the show is going for you guys? show is going great. Um, we're getting a great response. Uh, we brought a few books to sell, and we're already sold out of a, of a few books that we didn't bring enough of. Um, working with the fans, interacting with the fans is fantastic. We just had our panel, standing room only. Uh, we're very happy. We love New York Comic Con. So, what books coming up uh, do you think are going to be big with your readers? Well, again, there's, there's no question that Attack on Titan is, is huge. We're talking about something that, that I think has the potential to, to hit like a Naruto or, or Dragon Ball Z level in this country. So with that in mind, today we announced uh, an additional three spin-off series for Attack on Titan uh, that we're going to be launching next year. That's on top of a fairly healthy slate of, of books we were already doing, a couple of shoujo series, My Little Monster, Say I Love You, uh, Shonen series Monster Soul by Hiromashima, 
we have a lot of great stuff coming up. And so is Sailor Moon and its associated series continuing to do well for you? Or is Sailor it tailoring Moon, off? Uh, well, I mean, Sailor Moon is a perennial backlist hit for us. Uh, we're just about to publish our, our final volume of the regular Sailor Moon series. That's Sailor Moon Short Stories Volume 2. Um, but the earlier volumes are continuing to sell really, really well. Uh, I wouldn't call it dropping off at all. And in fact, with the new anime set to debut uh, at the beginning of 2014, I, I think if anything, it could get even bigger. Did I miss anything? Do you have anything that you want to share with our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. We announced a couple of other series here at the show. Um, UQ Holder is uh, the new series by Ken Akamatsu. Uh, does, in fact, even feature a character from Negima. Uh, that was always one of our best-selling series. So anybody who's a fan of Ken Akamatsu should keep an eye out for that. We'll have that out early next year as well. Uh, and we announced uh, a new series, an entirely new series for us, called The Seven Deadly Sins. Um, this is a shonen series very much in the vein uh, of Dragon Ball Z. Uh, I, I would remind listeners that last year I uh, announced Attack on Titan. We debuted it in the summer of 2012. I encouraged everybody to expect big things from that. Uh, things got much bigger than even I anticipated. Seven Deadly Sins is another one that Kodansha has a lot of hopes for. It's a great series. I think people are really going to be talking about it in the next one to two years. Okay, thank you. All right, this is Matt White. I'm here with Brian Wood, writer of so many, many comic books. All good. Oh, okay. Um, how's it going? How's the con been? Uh, it's good. Um, this is my, my local show. That's so right. By, de- by default, it's my favorite one. Because uh, I can go, go back to my own house. That's always nice, yeah. <laughs> it really is, yeah. But it's good. Uh, yeah, it's great. This is the beginning of my day. So. Better or worse than in years past? It always kind of kind of feels about the same. I, I yeah. feel like the show <laughs> this kind, again. Of, kind, of, kind of maxed out. Yeah. Like in, term, in ter- terms of size and everything. Um, which is nice, because I, I actually stopped going to the San Diego show. Cause I just really couldn't deal with the... It's too big. With the, yeah. yeah. I can never see anybody I wanted to see. So, so then... This is the perfect size show. And you're here imagining talking Star Wars, Massive, Conan. I feel like I see your name everywhere. And yeah, all the, all the X-Men stuff I've been doing. Oh, a lot, yeah, of, of course. Of that too. Yeah. So what, um, what, are you excited, like, what are you excited about uh, that you're seeing right now in comics? Any new trends that you're... Because um, you always well, seem to be on the kind of cutting edge of well, that's, that's what's nice. coming. Yeah. <laughs> I, feel, I don't always feel like I'm on the cutting edge. Um, I don't know, there's, de- there's definitely a strong sort of like creator-owned surge. Yeah. Um, which is interesting for, for me because I sort of spent maybe the first like 12 years of my career being a stubborn creator-owned guy. And just when I start taking on license work, like X, X-Men and Star Wars, yeah. then, then then the rest of the industry moves moves into creator Talking about a trendsetter. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could take a credit, cre- credit for it. But uh, it's good. I mean, I don't really know. I always tend, tend to think these things like have like boom and bust cycles. So, um, I mean, I just hope, hope it lasts for like a long, a long time. Yeah. Uh, talk about your work a little bit uh, for Dark Horse, I guess. Um, like I mentioned, the Massive and Conan. Yeah, I mean, the thing everybody really seems to be be interested in at, at this show more than anything else is, is the Star Wars book. 
which is kind of like a relentless sales thing. I don't know. It just keeps. It's like like it does really really well, and uh, everybody seems seems to really like it. It's very clear that everybody was sort of. Uh, Sort of wanted a like original trilo- trilogy Star Wars book. Um, I'm surprised that they did they didn't do it before now because <laughs> it's it's doing well and it's a, and it's a lot it's a lot of fun for me. I'm I'm of the right age where where I grew up pretty much like my entire life with the, with the Star Wars stuff. How did you get involved in it? I mean, did they approach you, Dark Horse? Yeah, they... yeah, they like appro- appro- approached me. Um, I don't think I would have pitched it. I don't think. Um, <laughs> well, it's just like I mean, most of the Star Wars stuff out out there is like extended universe yeah. and um, like I like enjoy some, some of that but it's not anything I really felt like I had anything to like say as a writer about um, but, but then they like approached approach me and said it's like an original trilogy concept and I was like alright well if there's any Star Wars book I, w- I want to do it's that, that, that one you know? yeah episode one book that yeah you know, so uh, yeah and it's been nothing but like smooth sailing it's been a real uh, pleasure I know it is strange because there are so many Star Wars comic books and this one comes along and maybe the fact that it's just called Star Wars yeah. and like you said original trilogy but it really does seem to be doing well and I guess that's like what you said people of that age that want the original trilogy yeah. or anything near it right right there's such there's such iconic characters and um, it's, it's, it's a book that even if you're not you don't really even have to be a fan because even like, like the average per- person on the street knows who these characters characters yeah, right? it certainly helps. Yeah, uh, it's not like it's not like one of those Star Wars books that's like set way in the past or way in the way in the future, and no one knows who who anybody is. So yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised it would it would, it would catch on well, um, but it's doing a, a lot better than anybody really really hoped. It's great. It's really good. Is it a similar thing with uh, your Conan book, where it's another kind of established character that? Yeah, I mean, it's similar. Um, I mean, I really pushed for the Star Wars book to have that simple title because it worked really well on on the Conan. Right? Yeah. Like we just called that Conan the Barbarian number one, um, and I felt like that that really really helped. To sort of um, it sort of took away a lot of uh, reasons not to read read the book if you're not like a Conan fan. Uh-huh. Again, it's like if you're going to read any Conan book, this is the one to read. Yeah. Because it doesn't have a fancy subtitle. And it's just num- numbered number one, you know. Um, it's like I really pushed for that on Star Wars as well, you know. I think that really helps. Um, yeah, and, and you also have to deliver a story that's like as friend- friendly as possible to like a new reader. You know? Well, as a fan, as a reader of Conan, it's definitely going well. It's a good, great book. I love it. Um, yeah. Compared a little bit to your, uh, like you said, you mentioned your Marvel work, uh, the X Men, and how's all that? How's that going? Because you kind of, you seem to be able to do the, the big two books, and you also are able to do some of the other things. Yeah. Um, have you managed to get into that position? Well, it was sort of a. Like a couple of years ago, some something in me, like I, like I said, after so many years of being like a creator-owned guy, sort of like you know, never really breaking out of like a certain sort of like sales or like visi- visibility bracket, you know. Um, just something in me was like, now's now's the time. Like you've been like avoiding working on these books. Let's like give it a shot. Let's see what it's like. Flex some different creative muscles. Oh yeah. So like I approached Marvel first. Well, I, I actually no, I think it was Dark Horse first with um, uh, Conan. 
But then I went over to Marvel because I have a lot of friends there, a lot of editors who are friends, and um, I just started trying trying stuff. Like like I said, I never really had done it, and uh, I said, you know, I'll just give it a shot. I'll see what it's like. If I don't like it, I can stop. You know, and uh, and and I've done a lot of it in a short amount of time. Of time. And it is really it's a it's a it's entirely different creative puzzles you know I view it as like a, it's like a, like writing a Marvel book with all that all that history and all those shared characters really is like you know putting putting together a jigsaw puzzle you know and X-Men especially yeah it's really, and uh, like it's it's not always fun it's, it's always interesting you know and um, I'm very blessed to be to have been able to re, to relaunch X-Men again the the, the iconic title yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, it's, been, it's been really great. And so I'm yeah, enjoying, enjoying that. I don't know how long I'll, 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 I'll last because I, I really am beginning to, to, to feel the urge to like do a lot a lot more creator own stuff again. Uh-huh. So uh, we'll see how the hell we'll probably try to new a new number one sometime in the future. So Yeah, like I said, I'm very spoiled now. Yeah. You know, working all of these books. <laughs> and uh, what do you uh, do you have anything coming out soon? Anything new that you're working on that um, you wanna talk about? I've actually been kind of letting things end and not rushing to re- to replace them. Because I was working at a very like a very crazy pace for the last year, year and a half, yeah. and it's finally like you know, getting getting to me. So I'm starting to like slow it up up a bit. Um, you know, my, my ultimate X Men run ended. Uh, Con my my Conan run is gonna is gonna gonna end. No, don't say that. I am. Yeah, it's gonna end at issue 25, which is always the plan. Um, the 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 one thing is that Gail Simone and I just announced uh, Conan Red Red Sonia. Oh right, yeah. Which is small. It's only a four a four issue mini. Um, but we're gonna start start working on on that in the next week or two. Uh-huh. Other than that, it's just like X Men, Star Wars, and the Massive are gonna be like my three books. And the Massive is gonna is gonna keep going on going. That has a that has a thirty issue targeted end, end date, and I'm about halfway through, so there's like a ways to go go there. Yeah, it's I, the same with Star Wars as well. But I read something about you uh, going back to the whole uh, Northlanders kind of Viking setting. Yeah, I mean, that, I I wasn't really ready to be done with that book when they canceled it. So it's a great I have book. a lot of material, material just sitting around in like my notes and everything. So yeah, I mean, at some point that that's always my like intention. Like I I, I have I, I know who the artist would be. I know what the what the story is. It's really just just a matter of finding the uh, space in my schedule, which hopefully I can do sooner. Um, but also, like it's it's really unfortunate because DC canceled that that book. Any other publisher I talk to. Can like smell the stink of death. Oh yeah, thing you know. So I have to sort of like you know. Uh, it'll be different. Like this I have time. to nav- yeah. navigate the uh, editorial waters a bit to figure out how to how best to do it. You know? It'll it'll happen for sure. I'm just not, not sure. Well, I can't wait to see when, yeah. see more of it. And uh, finally, uh, what are you hoping to see happen in comics? You know, in general. Like a year, year or two, what's exciting you? Well, like I said, the uh, creator, sort of like the uh, creator on surge is happening already, so that's awesome. I would just love to see um, one thing I noticed, which 
is very un unpleasant. It's like a devaluing trend of the value of the cradle. Whether you see like, you know, I mean, it's like out out there in the world when you see how DC treats treats a lot of its craters and like other play, places I don't want to name. There's like, name them though. Like cutting cutting rates, cutting money, yeah. get it paid. You know, it's just like a it's a very I feel like it's a very cynical way of doing doing business. Um, the property. Like a lot of us who are like established are given the choice of like pay cuts or our jobs get 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 given to like the new crop of writers and artists who don't care how much they get paid. Uh -huh. They just want the want the work. So, like I said, it's a very cynical way of doing doing business, and I feel like it makes like it's not good for the books themselves. You know, so I hope that's just a blip yeah. in in the timeline of this industry's history. Um, obviously, obviously for like me and for for yeah. everybody else. Not to end on like a down note. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, thanks so much, Brian. I hope you sure. enjoy the rest of the con. And, uh, Thank thanks you. a lot. Hi, this is Kate Fitzsimmons, live from the DC booth at New York Comic Con, and I'm speaking with Greg Pack. Hi. <laughs> yeah, I'm the writer of uh, Action Comics and Batman Superman and uh, for DC, and uh, Eternal Warrior from Valiant, and the recently announced Turek for Dynamite. Oh, and also Code Monkey Save World, which is a creator-owned book based on the songs of Jonathan Colton. Which has been a phenomenally successful Kickstarter. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you very much. The first issue is uh, is done. Actually, the first two issues are done. But the first one goes on sale on uh, October 16th, Wednesday. This coming Wednesday at Comixology.com. And will it be available to people who did not take part in the Kickstarter? In, indeed it will. You can get This is where you can get the digital copy. Um, later on in the year, we're going to finish the whole thing up and send the physical copies off to our Kickstarter backers. Eventually, we'll, we'll find a way to, to get those to non-Kickstarter backers. But, uh, but yeah, the first issue is available digitally starting Wednesday. Great. So, um, can you tell me about what's got you most excited about your upcoming projects? Yeah, well, uh, the um, here in the world of DC, I am all, it's, it's ridiculously exciting. I'm, I'm writing Action Comics, which is one of those... Uh, when I, when I first got word that I'd, I'd gotten the tap, I, I literally danced around in my room. You know what I mean? It's one of those kinds of, uh, one of, those kinds of things. Uh, uh, we're writing about um, it, it's 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 a Superman book um, and uh, comic exactly yeah. it starts on uh, in November with issue number twenty five. Aaron Cooter is drawing. The first issue was a tie in with Scott Snyder's amazing Batman Year Zero storyline, which gives us the uh, the chance to dive back into the past and look at a very very young Superman. Uh, who's cocky, thinks he can do anything in the world, and he's going to take on the biggest challenge he can find. And which is to say Batman? Which, well, uh, well no. it, it, it's, bad. It's, it's related to this big crisis that's hitting Gotham City. I see. So, uh, and we're going to find out uh, exactly whether or not uh, Superman's ready for a job for Superman. Uh, and uh, and we're, we're, se we're setting up some big themes about power and responsibility and... and uh, and, uh, and 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 the best way to uh, to handle uh, situations that all that that will reverberate throughout the throughout our run on action. We're also uh, bringing uh, in a, a, a classic Superman supporting character with the initials of LL. Who uh, I but, think oh will dear, be a there are so many. Exactly, of them. exactly. So that's our little tease. But uh, it's amazing stuff. Aaron is just killing it. He's just doing so. so he's he's bringing so much energy and life and character to the art. Uh, is huge huge amount of fun to work on. Um, and at the same time, I'm continuing to write Batman Superman, 
the uh, first story arc ends uh, on Wednesday with uh, with a big finale with Jay Lee's gorgeous art, and then uh, and then and then with issue five we pick up a new story with Brett Booth drawing, and it's uh, again another gorgeous artist. All these artists I'm working with are they're just having so much fun they're bringing their own specific kind of energy and and excitement to these books and uh, uh, this new storyline um, will involve uh, the uh, the toy master who's a reintroducing a character uh, to the new 52 uh, known as toy man before he's a toy master now I see. how about that how about that uh, and uh, we're also uh, is there any reason for the change or would that be yeah. a spoiler well no actually it's not a spoiler in the uh, I love the way um, uh, the way Jeff Loeb uh, played with him, Jeff Loeb and Ed McGinnis uh, used him in the original Superman Batman series. He was uh, he's a Japanese kid who's uh, who, who helps out uh, Superman and Batman. His name is Hiro Okamura, and uh, and you know in that in that series, there's a certain point when he, he sets them up with a huge giant robot that's like half 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 yeah. Superman, half Batman. Just, yeah, that was oh, a great issue. Yeah, awesome, awesome issue. So um, so our our hero, the new Toy Master, has a lot of that same spirit. He's he's willing to try anything. Uh, but he's he's a little dangerous. He's going to get into a little bit of trouble. He's going to get everybody into a little bit of trouble. He's uh, he runs Toy Master. He runs the Toy Master Game Shop, and he's developed a video game that may be far more capable than he even realizes. Uh, and uh, so hijinks will ensue. Uh, the other crazy thing is that Mongol will make his uh, make a, bi- a very big really? appearance. Yes. So we are we're we're delving deep into the. Uh, some of the most dangerous the characters. the comic that has everything. Exactly, exactly. So it's a lot of fun. So uh, how many books is that that you're writing at once? It's quite a few. Uh, in, uh, I, right now, at this instant in time, it's five. But Code, wow. Code Monkey, I'm nearly done with Code Monkey. I've just got one more issue to write, and then it will become uh, it will become uh, complete. Yeah, well, no, yeah, exactly. And then I will then I will be to a. Uh, uh, to a, a, a mere um, four books. exactly, which is which is totally awesome. I mean, to, that that that's that's very manageable. Five is uh, the, the the next six weeks will be a little uh, a little sleepless, but that's cool. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it, there's a lot of projects that I, I just can't say no to, and uh, I have to. Uh, but but um, but each one of them is getting all the loving care it deserves. So have no fear. Well, good luck and thank you. <laughs> All right, I'm here with Cullen Bunn and Brian Hurd, creators of the fantastic uh, Supernatural Western comic, if I can call it that, uh, The Six Gun. Uh, how are you guys doing? How's the con been? It's been really exciting. Really good. Uh, it's very been, busy. Yeah, it's been intense, but it's been good. Busy, intense. That's, that's a good thing, yeah. Um, and you're here. I see the hardcover collected version yeah, of the book coming out soon. Yeah, when we got to the convention was the first uh, I had, we'd actually seen. Uh, Oni's releasing the hardcover edition soon in December. Uh, the hardcover. You know, last week of November, first week of December. Yeah, last week yeah. of December. Late November, early December, uh, but uh, they also for the convention did a special edition, uh, limited edition with a slipcase. Oh that was yeah! The first time we'd seen nice. that. First time we'd seen it was when we got in the door. Yeah, and everybody's freaking out about it. Yeah. It was making us happy. Yeah. <laughs> it made it made my show. It made my yeah. show seeing that book. It looks fantastic. Well, the book is great. I mean, I'm Thanks. I'm a fan. I read it every month when it comes out. And how's uh, how's it been going with uh, Six Gun? It's been going it's, great. Yeah. It, it's still a little uh, surreal and unbelievable. There's the response we continue to get to the book. You know, every issue, uh, we don't have, we don't try to take anything for granted. We always worry what people are going to think of every issue that comes out. But the response seems to be very positive every time. 
you know, every time a new issue comes out. Yeah, just just when we think we've jumped the shark, yeah. <laughs> you know, the fans seem to react, they seem to love it, so, uh, yeah, we'll keep on doing. And uh, talk a little bit about, you know, how the book came about, like, uh, its origins, I guess. Well, uh, I've always been a fan of westerns and supernatural westerns. Okay. And uh, it was a it was a, a story that uh, I wanted to tell for a long time. I, I, I kind of came up with a, 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 a pitch for a, a limited series, like a six-issue series that would be, that was the initial origins of the six-gun. Uh-huh. And it was a much different story than what you're reading now. It's much darker, much uh, much more horrific. Um but it, the, you know, when I pitched it to Oni, they suggested Brian. Brian and I have actually worked on a book called *The Damned* for Oni uh, previously, and they uh, suggested Brian come on. And once, once Brian came on, we uh, can't help but do a lot of world building and expanding things. So the the book just changed uh, from that moment. We started talking about the possibilities of this world, yeah. and it grew into this, uh, this really little... epic, almost like a super, like a western fantasy now. Yeah, we get we get a little carried away. Uh, <laughs> yeah, everything just gets bigger 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 when we start bouncing stuff off of each other so it's definitely uh you know even when even when six gun comes to end i don't think that universe is going to come to an end i think we're still gonna do things in the same in that playground so Randy had the other mini series right uh yeah we we did a a, a mini series called sons of the gun yeah. which was sort of a uh, some backstory on some of the villains that have appeared in the book and we could say yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. No, we, and got a, yeah, we have one coming. We have up another mini series that'll explore some other aspects of the of the universe outside the core storyline. Cool. Yeah, but it'll, it'll also inform the core, the yeah. core storyline as well. So. Yeah. Well, one of the things I love about the Six Gun is its consistency. I mean, it's always. Every time I know I'm getting a good, you know, That's awesome. I'm not going to open it up and there's going to be some other artist or yeah. something else in place, and it's it's always like a great, you know, every time it comes out, you know, oh, new six guns out, I got to grab that. The story's been going well. So, um, more general question, you know, how do you feel? Uh, anything exciting you right now in comics right now? Anything kind of not exciting you so much? Or? I get so caught up in what I'm doing that I'm always months behind on what's out in comics but when I do take the time yeah there's, there's good stuff out there there's uh, a lot of creator owned books I think yeah. that, are, that are coming out or have just been announced there's been a lot of announcements for some new creator owned stuff that I think just it seems like it's really blowing up and there's a lot I mean it's, there's always been a strong creator owned presence but it seems like they're, they're getting a little more in, uh, interest a little more focus yeah. and a little more attention and there's just a lot of new things announced I think we will be really excited that's good for all of us yeah, yeah. yeah. and I always I always like uh, I like anything Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips are working on. Oh, I, just, yeah. I just started finally reading Fatal, which I love. It's, it's, my, it's yeah. my favorite thing they've done so far. Mind Management by Matt Kent, I think, is a, yeah. a, 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 to me, is a consistently strong book, uh-huh. issue to issue. Um, what else? Boy, there's, there's so much. <laughs> I know, image, image is putting out a lot of good stuff right now. It's I'm, hard to keep up. I want to check out Lazarus. I've been hearing good things about Lazarus. It's uh, cool. It's good. I have Rat Queens, number one, in my bag yeah, right that, now. That's actually the thing I'm looking forward to reading when I get back from the conventions is the first uh, the first issue of Rat Queens in my bag as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's always the toughest question. We know the question's coming, and we always forget. Like as soon as we're on the spot, like what am I reading? I can say yeah. thing. And say, we never oh, leave out reading? anyone that may get uh, yeah. hurt. <laughs> I'm always and I'm always reading uh, anything in the Hellboy universe. I love that stuff. Oh yeah. So uh, yeah. I'm trying to think what's in my stack right now. <laughs> so aside from uh, Six Gun, any uh, 
what are your plans for going forward? Any projects coming up for the two of you or separately? Well, uh, we, oh, yeah, I was going to say, I don't have any. I have, I have nothing about. I can talk about, but I have a, a project I'm doing with somebody else that will probably be out in about a year or so. And Brian and I are talking about what's next for us. You know, Six Gun will wrap up with issue 50, the, the main oh, series. Yeah. And then we're talking about what's next for us. So. Yeah, we will definitely be working together. Uh, as soon as Six Gun wraps, I'm sure we'll be doing some more Damned, which is the book we did beforehand. And we're going to do a, an original graphic novel. We don't have all that worked out yet, but we're going to be working on stuff for the foreseeable future. And then I've got a book called Hellheim that I'm doing for Oni Press, which course, is going to yeah. be a series of miniseries. And I've got a couple of other uh, creator-owned things that Oni Press will be bringing out in the next. They haven't announced them yet, but they'll be bringing out in the next year or so. Oh, nice. As well as several other projects in varying yeah. stages of development and yeah. other publishers. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. And uh, Six Gun TV show, anything still happening there? It's, or? it's, it's, it's a sort of uh, limbo right now. Yeah. They, they filmed a pilot. Uh, NBC passed on the pilot. Yeah. But now it's being shopped around by the same producers. They're shopping around in different uh, cable outlets. Okay. Taking meetings and, you know, we'll see how things are. It's, still never, it's a weird... That's a weird. It still issue. has some life. It's got some life. But, yeah, yeah. Um, we we can't focus on that. We got no control over it. We focus on the comics. The comics, of course, right. is where it's at. Uh, great. So, anything you guys are hoping to get out of the con in general? Just yeah, get out of the con. Get out of it alive. Get out of it. Get out of it. Yeah. All ten fingers. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I, I, our number one goal this week was to promote the hardback, yeah. which we're both super excited about, and, and people seem to be very uh, receiving really, really well. People are freaking out about it. That's making my weekend. So cool. And that, that, again, that comes out. I think it's the last weekend or last week of uh, November. Yeah. For the holidays, so. right around there. Yeah, yeah it'll be. Yeah, it'll be. It'll be December fourth is when they say only press. The, the limited edition hardcover will only be available through Only Press, the, the slipcase. And I think they told us it would be available through their website on December fourth. Okay. And then the main hardcover will be available late December, late November, right around the same time. So. Yeah. And that'll be at, lo- at your comic shop. Great. Uh, online. So. Awesome. Well, good luck with the series. Like I said, it's love it. It's Thank great. Um, and good luck at the con. All right. Thanks, thanks a lot. I'm here with Sean Murphy, artist on books like The Quake and, of course, his own punk rock Jesus. Uh, how's the con going, man? Good. Really busy. I got a really uh, good uh, showing this time, so I'm happy. Is this the uh, first time in New York Comic Con, or are you uh, return, return? No, I live in Brooklyn, so uh, okay. every year. So. How's this, uh, this year shaping up so far? Good. I think it's number two compared to San Diego at this point. So. Yeah, and uh, enjoying your time here? I mean, I know you said you're busy, but it sounds like it's going well. Yeah, always. Always have a good time. Um, so, Punk Rock Jesus, that's pretty much, that kind of blew you up a little bit there. Now you've got the weight coming out, and that's selling great. And uh, how's all that going, your current projects? Sorry? How's all your current projects going? Good. I'm still on issue five of the wake, so I'll be doing that for the next few months. Um, after that, uh, I have a couple things lined up, but I think I can talk about just yet. Yeah, and how long is the wake supposed to go? Is it ongoing for now, or is there a set limit? Uh, just ten issues. Ten issues? Okay, cool. Um, general question, how about uh, things you see in comics right now that's exciting you, or things you've seen at the show that uh, you're happy about? I wish I had a good answer for that. Uh, always a fan of Hellboy, but uh, lately I've had trouble finding time to, to do any reading. It's just been so busy. So. Yeah, but now he's coming, uh, Noah has the new book coming out now that he's writing and drawing, yeah. so that should be exciting. Yeah. Back to all him. Um, all right, and you have any uh, 
Anything else you want to add real quick before you... No, nope, I'm doing a panel discussion later today uh, at uh, it's some room 321 or whatever. Um, other than that, um, be here tomorrow too. Okay, great. Maybe I'll talk to you then for okay, more cool. time. Thanks a lot. All right, thanks. Take care. Thanks. Right, I'm here with Tom King, author of author of A Once Crowded Sky from Simon & Schuster. Uh, how's it going? How's the con been? This is a great con. It's one of my favorite cons. Um, I went to school in New York, so it's kind of like coming home. Oh, great. So is this the uh, first time you've come to New York Comic Con? or is this... this is my second time coming to New York Comic Con. And it's really well designed because the crowds are great, but it's not too big of crowds. And Artist Alley is sort of on the, on the corner. Yeah, I'm having a great time. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, talk, let's talk about the book, A Once Crowded Sky. Um, it's about a bunch of superheroes who all lost their power. So a bunch of guys that used to be something, and now they're nothing. And they sort of have to fight the next threat that comes. It, it's kind of weird, but I um, I used to be in the CIA to counterterrorism work overseas. Okay. Um, and I had to leave because I had kids, and I wanted to write about that, what it's sort of like to... Uh, uh, live a life of violence and, and leave that life and sort of uh, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing but I couldn't write about it because it's CIA so I wrote about it through superheroes okay and uh, so imagine you're a big superhero fan yeah from I'm, I'm one of those classic cases of the kid who didn't have any friends and sat in the corner and read comics while oh, no. playing baseball and yeah, no, that, that was me. Like, superhero sa- saved me when I was a kid, you know? That's how, like, I found a community and found... Well, I mean, now you got a book coming out, so, I mean, you're yeah, for something. Yeah, exactly. So, um, how was the... Is this your first novel that you've written? This is my first novel, yeah. It was out... Well, the soft cover just came out, um, and it got great reviews and sold really well, so, yeah. My next novel's already done, and I'm working on the next novel after that one. Is it more superheroes, or are you taking a break off on that? No, yeah, I'm, I'm doing some superhero work in comics but my next novel will be about sort of uh, will be a war novel it'll be about the because I was in a few okay. wars uh, yeah so in, you, know, in you know a thing or two yeah and you mentioned you were actually working in comics or just before before the CIA I, I interned at Marvel and DC Comics oh cool me too so, did, when yeah. did you intern? Uh, probably a little bit after you but uh, you, I, I won't swear you're short young person not there yet. do you have any uh, interest in working in comics now like writing yeah I did a little uh, I've done a little work for Vertigo and a little work from DC so you should see some more work for me for those two companies oh cool anything specific or I can't talk not I was in the Vertigo anthology Time Warp I did the uh, the second story so oh, okay yeah I think I'm trying to remember which one that which one was it it was the um I don't have to tell you without spoiler. It's the it's it's the uh, the one about the little boy who gets shot in the head. Okay, <laughs> I have to look back, but I remember re- reading that and enjoying the whole thing. So Excellent. I'm sure yours was one I enjoyed too. Cool. Um, so yeah, uh, anything right now you're excited about here at the con? Anything uh, not so excited about? <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, Announcements that bat- the weekly Batman sounds very cool. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's gonna be Frank Miller on that. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah, right? yeah that's gonna be finally. Awesome. Yeah, finally. Um, I don't know. I I'm just excited at how. Like, when I got into comics, it was so lame, and we had to sort of hide being comic fans. And there's such a good vibe here of people who, like... How you doing? It feels like a coming-out party. Like, we're all like, yeah, we, we got stuck in this world. We actually like it. So I'm, I'm excited about that. That sounds that's silly and corny, but that's just right. No, I mean, that's kind of, like, the whole point of the convention is right? just be exactly. around people that, you know, have the same interests and talk yeah, comics yeah, yeah, and everything. Yeah, exactly. yeah. 
Uh, well, yeah, I'm so glad I took the time out and good luck with the book. I mean, it seems to be doing well, and thanks a lot. Pleasure, man. Thank you. Yeah, thanks.